welcome to another episode of the Financial Fofu Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about depreciation. Yes, we are. Now, depreciation is one of those things that uh, accountants definitely know what they're talking about when we say the word depreciation, but sometimes it's a little confusing to others. So we thought we might sort of give some of the, the ins and outs of exactly what it is and what it means for you and your business. Absolutely. So what is depreciation, Trudy? <laughs> so when you buy a, a capital asset in your business, so a large, more expensive asset, so let's use the example of a car because that's kind of yeah. an easy one and a common one in a lot of small businesses. Um, when you buy a car, you don't just put it through your profit, loss and expense it in the same way you would, say, your telephone expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens is that it goes to your balance sheets. It's a large physical asset um, that you've purchased. And depreciation is the way of claiming the cost of that car as an expense in your profit and loss. Now, typically depreciation is an overtime uh, type thing. So a portion of that, a little bit of that cost goes in your profit and loss each year over X number of yep. years. Um, so it's really the way, I guess, of apportioning um the usage of that car and the mm-hmm. benefit of that car um, to your business. You don't have just a benefit in one year. You have a benefit over multiple years because you'll get the benefit of being able to use that car. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of, yeah, a way of allocating that benefit across the years that the asset's actually going to be used in the business. I mean, we obviously use it from a lending point of view. Um, I was told a very long time ago, I don't know if you agree with this, that the ATO give you depreciation um, towards replacement of that asset in the future. That's why it's a tax write-off. Any truth to that? No. Um, well, <laughs> not from a tax. I mean, it's an accounting concept as well. Um, yeah, and okay. accountants, you know, from a pure accounting perspective, it really is about allocating you know, the use the usage of that car to each year, you know, you buy a $50,000 car, you're not going to use up $50,000 worth of value in that one year. Yeah, it's a life of asset. It's a life of asset. You may be going to use $5,000 worth of value in, in year one and then another 5000 in year two and, and, and so on. So it's about apportioning that cost against the years that you're actually using. Yeah, so for all of for all of you listening to us that may actually know what we're talking about <laughs> and are aware of the small business write off or the instant mm. asset write off, we'll get to that later. Yes. <laughs> so look, so the, the, the actual yeah, and look if you really yeah. look at it purely from your accounting financial reports, because sometimes that number is different to your tax. That's yeah. really what we're doing is is just having the spread of that benefit. Um, from yeah. I guess a tax perspective, um, depreciation has been very similar in its concept in that um, why should you get a deduction in year one when really you're getting benefited using that asset over multiple years? It's about what's the decline in value of that yeah. asset um, because you've used up the asset, therefore it's not worth as much. And so a tax, I guess, theory is really about the same thing, that you're only claiming the portion of the asset that's, I guess, in a sense being used up or, you know, the value of the asset yeah. is declined because of its use. Mm. So what different types are there? Look, there's two main types, which is, well, there's probably three main types, which is really about how we calculate the depreciation. Yeah, I was going to say, because depreciation is a concept, but it changes yeah. depending on the asset class, right? Right. So um, the, two, the two main ones you see the most um, have various names, but typically we would call them um, prime cost and diminishing value. 
Um, mm-hmm. Prime cost is really just uh, we have a fifty thousand dollar asset. It's going to last ten years, so we divide the fifty thousand by ten, and we'll claim five thousand in every single year. Right, so yeah. we're just claiming yeah. the exact same amount over every year for the life of the asset. Um, diminishing value, however. Um, the theory of that is that you're going to use more of the value in the earlier years while it's new than you will in the later years. So instead yeah. of just dividing it by 10, we'd, we apply the rate to the closing balance at each year. So year one, it's 50,000, mm-hmm. let's say it's take five. So year two, we do 45,000 and apply yeah. the rate to the 45000 And the following yeah. year we re- apply the rate to whatever the closing balance was the previous year as well. So yeah. um, you're going to end up with having larger amounts of depreciation in the earlier years and smaller yes. amounts of depreciation yeah. in the later years. If you're confused, it's kind of like compounding interest. It's yeah. confusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's you have a good accountant. And, look, a lot of people like this method as well because genuinely mm. you are using a lot more of the benefit up front. It gives you a greater tax deduction in those yes, earlier in yeah. those earlier years, yeah. and but it also means that there is some value left. So perhaps if you decide to sell it at year five, it might actually be a little bit more representative of the value of that asset at that point in time as well because most assets do lose a lot of their value in those Yeah, they do years. depreciate, like they're reducing value. So. Yeah. Um, the third method is probably less colum- common, um, but it's basically a pooling method, and this is really a tax okay method, not an accounting Mm -hmm. method, um, where you would put certain assets in a pool together. So there's a small business pool for low value Mm -hmm. assets, for example, where you might put um, low value uh, assets being computers, phones, small cameras, and then the whole pool is is depreciated as a whole balance rather than calculating it on each individual asset. So why would you put it into the pool then, just to make it easier? Yeah, okay, so record-keeping. Yeah. yeah. Um, it also means yeah. that you don't need to go and look at the particular effective lives of each particular asset because it's just yeah. a standard rate that's applied and a standard methodology. So it kind of fits within the matrix so it can be put into the pool and therefore it can be depreciated at set rate, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So there's a there's yeah. a low-value asset one. So large businesses would do this for assets below $1,000. It's just not worth yeah. keeping detailed records. Um, yeah. There's a small business one, um, which, again, for small businesses, it may not be worth them keeping the detailed records. So therefore this is just mm. a simplified method. Yeah, um, and there's also a, a software development pool one, which again you're gonna have mm-hmm. lots of random costs going in a software development pool, so mm-hmm. it's simplicity. So typically, <laughs> those pools are around making things just a bit easier for you from a record keeping perspective, but still allowing you to claim that expense or that deduction of the depreciation. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, knowing what they are is amazing. How do you then use them for your benefit? Um. It's around understanding that if I go and buy this asset, that I am still going to mm-hmm. get some sort of deduction in my return for it. So it becomes a bit of a planning tool. I need to go yeah, and buy okay. this asset, but I also want to get a bit of a deduction. I want to reduce my income a little bit so that I'm not paying so much tax. Um, yeah. And you may therefore pick your method based on your needs. Wanting to reduce your okay. income, well, you're going to go the diminishing value method or maybe even one of the pool options if they're relevant because it's going to give you that greater upfront deduction. Yeah, and then look from a from a lending or a loan point of view, this is why the lender actually allows you to add back to your income depreciation because they know it's effectively a paper write down. Yeah. Um, 
against your income because it can be written down that way. Yeah. It's also really important as to your bookkeeping then is done in accordance with splitting up your depreciation mm-hmm. on your profit and loss so it's not just lumped into one go because if it is a different type of depreciation, they may not take all of that depreciation of that type but they may take all of this type and if it's all one, they might say, sorry, we can't use it at all if yeah. it's not correctly labelled. The same we talked about this um, two seasons ago, other income in revenue. Yes. If it's just listed as other income, they may not take it. So you've got to sort of be on top of um, all of that um, to make sure that it's accurately reported for ease for lending is what I'm getting at. Um, I've also had um, clients in the past that, you know, for certain tools, the ATO's rates might have been this is going to last for three years and they've come to me and said, reality is we are either going to break or lose this tool within 12 months. We know our business and we know this is just what what happens. So um, it's also about being on top of what sort of rates are being applied to your assets and are they actually reasonable for the type of business that you are. Maybe there are reasons like this that what the Mm. standard and, you know, the published rates that the ATO puts out as being relevant may not actually apply to you because of X, Y, Z circumstances. So um, just because your accountant's putting them at a certain rate doesn't mean you can't have a discussion about the appropriateness of those rates. Um, The flip flip side can also happen. The ATO can say, well, it's only going to last. Computers are a great one. I think the rate on computers at the moment is only two or three (laughs) years. I've been using mine for five. So, you know, maybe you're in a position where you're wanting to spread your depreciation over a longer period of time because you're not making a lot of money or you're making some losses. So, therefore, the deduction's not actually as important to you. Well, you're just frugal and don't feel... You know, don't feel that you need to replace things every year just because you can. Like sometimes just because you can spend the money and get the tax write-off doesn't mean you should. (laughs) So, you know, there might be circumstances where you want to stretch it out um, the other way as well. So it's not just an accountant thing. The thing that the accountants deal with at the end of the year when they're doing your books, it Mm -hmm. is actually important to understand at what rate is it being written off. Um, Are we using the same rates in my financial report as to what we're using in a tax return? Um, if you're yes. a builder, say, in Queensland that has QBCT reporting requirements, it may not yep. make sense to have as such as aggressive rates in your financial report as what you are allowed mm-hmm. to do for tax because that might then impact on mm-hmm. your reporting to QBCC, right? So exactly. there are reasons why you might have different rates and different rates may be appropriate um, mm. from an accounting and a tax perspective. So before we mentioned instant asset write-off, yes. um, let's – unpack that a little bit more that first came in obviously a different rate than it is now but it first came in what five years ago or was it longer than that it's been around no it was a stimulus a very long time or was it was a gfc was a gfc that actually brought it in it and it was up to like twenty thousand. yeah but it's been yep. different rates over the years and it's mm-hmm. every year it's gone, it's gone <laughs> up and it's gone down and it's moved around um, and for a long time, it was a thousand dollars. And so, yeah, the instant I remember when it was twenty thousand because I had a lot of people contact me for car finance to buy a car, <laughs> and they had to be nineteen nine 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 to get you know under the bracket to get their instant asset write off. Yeah. So, for anyone not familiar, the instant asset write off was a concession that the government came out with that said small mm. businesses, instead of depreciating assets under a set value, they could just write them off in the year in which they. Um, were the technical languages installed and ready for use. So not the year you got the invoice, but mm. the year you physically have the asset and you're able to use the asset. You could write it off in one hit. 
instead of doing that depreciation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yes, it was. I'm looking at a, a, a screenshot now, and it was a thousand dollars. Then it was six and a half thousand. Then it was a thousand. Then twenty, twenty, twenty-five. So it's varied over years um, as to what the limit of the asset was, and it's really varied based on the economy at the time and trying to um, encourage small businesses to go and spend money because they would get this upfront um, deduction. And there, so during COVID. So the 2020 and the 2021 years, it actually went all the way up to 150,000 as yeah. being um, the limit. So um, various accountants did things differently. This might have been a circumstance where you saw the numbers in your financial report being very different because they just continued mm-hmm. to depreciate in the financial report. Yeah. Then claimed this in your tax return. Some accountants have just done the same in their accounting as what they've done in their tax. So it sort of depends on yeah. account, which way they've gone and whether you had any particular reasons that you needed that financial report just, just to continue to show um, yeah. typical depreciation. Um, beyond 2021, the government then brought in what they call the temporary full expensing, which is effectively mm-hmm. the same as the small business asset write-off, but it was available to a Just lot to more. confuse you. It was available <laughs> to a lot more businesses um, and there was actually no cap and there is no yeah. cap on the temporary full expensing. Um, so basically you're able to go and buy whatever capital assets that you liked and then depreciate them in the same way that, or, sorry, and then write them off and expense them in the same way as any other expense. Um, and I suppose, like, just to think about that there, that has its its pros and its cons, though, right? Because if you use all your depreciation in the first year and then you've borrowed money to pay it off, mm. you still have to make the repayments on that asset. Yep. You also have to look at your future income that may come from that asset because if yep. you're going to increase your income and you've gotten rid of all of your depreciation, you may not have any tax to pay in this year, but you might have a buck ton to pay next year and the years coming as a result. So that forward planning, cash flow planning, is really important when you look at the life of an asset and how how much extra income it's going to generate for you within the business because if you write everything down. Yeah, it's definitely something that I've looked at with my clients as well when we were claiming. It's whether it actually made sense for your particular business to claim it or not. Um, I had one business come to me and say, why aren't we claiming it? Um, Mm -hmm. They were in tax losses. There was no particular benefit for them to claim it. I mean, to further losses. Because they weren't paying (laughs) any tax anyway. Anyway. Um, So it was actually better for them to continue to depreciate and have those deductions available to them in later years. Yeah. um, Because those deductions weren't subject to the same types of rules as carrying for those losses would be. So it was actually better for them to have a smaller loss and have the depreciation carried forward. Yeah. So different things apply better to different um, businesses and you were able to pick whether you did apply temporary full expensing or whether you just continued to depreciate assets as per normal. Yeah. So it wasn't a forced in um, system and so definitely something that, you know, was worthwhile a conversation and, and seeing whether it was a benefit um, for you. I've, I've had other clients that if they did claim it, they wouldn't have paid any tax but it would have put them into a loss. But if they didn't mm-hmm. claim it, the tax they had to pay might have only been a thousand dollars, and they went, "Well, yeah, let's spread it. We, we want the benefit next year and the year after." Because of the planning that goes into that, right? Right, this is and what we I mean. want the benefit yeah. over the next few years rather than having yeah. the immediate benefit of paying no tax. Yeah, agree completely. The paying of the one completely fine. Um, so it's definitely a, a planning opportunity. Um, the temporary full expensing. Um, something to note, though, at the moment that ends at 30 June 2023, so this financial mm. year, and we haven't yet heard from the government whether there's any plans 
for any extension of that. And with a change of government as well, that, yeah, we, it, it, it's you can't expect the status quo on it either. Exactly right. And Or the most likely thing is that the temporary full expensing will cease, but potentially mm. the small business um, tax write-off may come back in yeah. to play with, with some form of yeah. limit. But we don't know. Um, at this point in time, nothing's been announced. Um, so yeah. plan to 30 June 2023 based on these rules, but we don't know what's going to happen uh, yeah. beyond. So certainly Budget comes out in May. We're thinking you're going to get it next financial year. Mm. Budget comes out in May, so keep your eyes and ears peeled for if this may affect you, what that means, especially if you've got machinery on order that is delayed mm. or equipment on order that is delayed and you are expecting to use that to, for yeah. whatever reason. All right, luxury car tax and depreciation. Are there any things to consider? Yes. So with expensive cars, um, there is actually a limit on the value that you can depreciate. What's um, defined as an expensive car these days? So for the Sorry to put you on the spot. financial year, uh, <laughs> 64741 Yes, that's defined as an expensive car. Yeah. So quick but question for all our that, listeners that – But not above. All our listeners that have got Hiluxes or Rangers, they probably cost more than $64,000. Yeah. Are they exempt from luxury car tax because they're a workhorse? No. Or no. So they still fall within that category, right? Yeah, if they're yeah. a car, um, then they fall within the category um, and they can be subject to that. And cap. look, I know that there are some exemptions if they're considered green or the emissions is a, a lower yeah, potentially. Yeah, there's a separate um, cap if they're green. They're cap. not exempt. Yeah. There's a separate limit. Separate limit. Which is a little bit higher. I just don't have it in front yeah. of me. That's okay. Um, but, yeah, there is a separate limit if you um, if you do have a green type car. Um, it's mm-hmm. definitely one of those things if you're looking at buying a car that's around the edges of that yeah. value, check in with your accountant and see what it are because the limits are actually indexed every year. Um, yeah. So they, they, yeah. they're continually changing um, what that cap is. And it's important to note as well, so if you buy an $80,000 car, you still get the $64,000 depreciation. You just can't claim that difference that's above that limit. Mm-hmm. And it's something to be aware of and slightly off topic from our conversation. The same goes for the GST. There's a GST cap. I think yeah. it's still around. We did discuss this in another episode last year. It was around the 57, 58-ish mm. mark. Um, so things to consider if you're buying assets and thinking you're going to be able to claim 100% of them, you may by nature of the default on the way that the tax rulings work not actually be able to do that. So yeah. just That's be aware of that. So now, there's one before we run out of time. We haven't touched on yet, so I just want to quickly yes. do that before we finish yeah. up. And that's what we call capital works. Yes. So the most common example is if you're fitting out a new office or a new warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. The ATO puts a distinction on between what is an asset and what is capital works. So the capital works is things that on their own, they don't really function. Um, so if you think of an office fit out, um, think yeah. of your um, electrical cabling or your internet yeah. cabling or um, plaster walls. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, on their own, they don't really serve anything, but as part of the total fit out, yeah. they are forming an asset being your office. So these types of yeah. assets are still depreciable, but they're over the forty over a flat rate of 40 years. Yeah. So you're going to get a much smaller claim for these types of things. Um, whereas the same office fit out, you might put in a fridge, that's a separate asset. So we could pull that out and depreciate that at a shorter Because it's a standalone asset. It's a standalone asset, right? So yeah. there then becomes a bit of a distinction between what is the capital works assets 
and whatever mm-hmm. is standalone depreciating assets. Mm-hmm. So again, sure. if you're doing these types of works where you're spending money on things that's improving a capital asset or building a capital asset out, um, yeah. just maybe have a chat in with your accountant as to are, am I spending money on capital works or am I spending money on depreciating assets? Because that's yeah. also going to have an impact on on the depreciation rates you can use. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Lots of information there in a very quick time frame. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to, to reach out. Trudy, any last points or things you'd like to mention on depreciation? Um, the main key when it comes to depreciation is one, understand that it exists and hmm. two, get some advice if you are going to be spending a large amount of money so mm-hmm. that you can understand the impact. Before you spend it. Before you spend it, <laughs> so that you can yeah. understand the impact on your financials, on your tax and on your cash flow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys, you've been listening to Financial Fofu. Stay tuned for next week. We have some amazing things coming up Um this year. I'm not going to tell you what it is this week. You'll have to tune in and uh, find out what we've got coming in the next couple of episodes. But we are talking about cash flow planning. We are talking about income protection. Um, and we are. Pardon? I'm not telling them which episode, which episode is coming. Um, and then why getting correct bookkeeping is really important. So there's some of the other topics we've got. The reason I'm telling people is because if you have a topic that you would actually like to hear, we are all ears um, for anything that might be something that um, is really important to you. And we're also going to be talking about contracts and other important documents in your mm-hmm. business That's too. So, yes. And then the contribution margin and job costs and how to quote for profit. So mm-hmm. um, feel free to also like, share, and give us a rating on the app that you're listening on. It just helps other people find us. Thank you, everyone. See you later. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Financial Fofu. We really appreciate you tuning in and hope that you have subscribed to our channel. I just wanted to let you all know that the information and material in our podcast and any supplementary and associated information available is for general purposes only. It should not be taken as constituting professional advice from us, the podcast owners and our special guests. And we recommend that you seek independent, suitable advice that is specific for your unique circumstances. Thanks for tuning in. Hope to see you next week. Please, please, please send us, um, use our link and send us any requests or any feedback. We'd really appreciate it. Cheers.